me up some. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Chase the greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategize and monetize and piling up investments and sacrificing temporaries for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Today's episode is also brought to you by Brandon Thomas Insurance Services. Brandon Thomas Insurance Services is an independent insurance broker that is accredited by the BBB with a focus on life and health insurance products. They provide insurance coverage for all family members' needs, whether it be children that need affordable life insurance, adults that want term and permanent life insurance options, or seniors that need Medicare or final expense policies. They offer free consulting and quoting to those states in which their services are provided, which include Texas, Louisiana, Colorado, North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, California, and Ohio. Make sure y'all go check them out at bthomasinsurance.com or give them a call at 512-549-6123. Another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier. I got my co-host, D, with me. Hey, everybody. And today we got another uh, special episode for you guys. We got real estate investor, entrepreneur, Jay Monopoly. He, we brought him on the show. He's doing a lot of dope things, so we decided to bring him on. So welcome to the show, bro. I appreciate y'all, bro. I appreciate you guys. Definitely, man. Definitely. We appreciate you coming on. And just, just getting right into it. So for the people who are not familiar with you, do you mind just doing a, giving a, a background on yourself? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So my, my, name, is, uh, my name is Jesse, right? Everybody calls me Jay, though, Jay Monopoly. Um and I'm from New I'm from New York originally, right? Just to get my a little background on myself, I'm from New York, um, working class family. Joined the military for a little bit. Okay, you know, what branch? Marine Corps. Okay, shout out, shout out to you, bro. Shout out to you. I love when there's other vets that that venture out so and start I, doing their own thing. I did, I did, I did that. Yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had, a, I had a blast. You know, gave me the discipline. And um, you know, as I as I was getting out, um, I ended up starting my real estate I- investment company. Um, I started off fixing and flipping properties in Detroit. Uh, I just saw it as an amazing opportunity because of uh, how cheap everything was. Right. Um, it's funny, my last year active duty, I actually made more through flipping than I did through um, through actual military pay. Because, you know, that's only, what, like $35,000. $35, so, um, yeah, from there, you know, I started fixing and flipping houses all over Detroit. Um, and from there, I, did a, I, did, I actually did a, ended up doing a wholesale. Um, I ended up wholesaling a property almost on accident. And that, that's when I discovered wholesaling, um, wholesaling real estate, where, you know, you don't actually even have to buy the property. Um, it's funny the way it happened. I was actually in the process of buying this property. Um, my lender could no longer lend me the money on it. So I ended up having to sell it to somebody else. Um, and I ended up making like, I think it was only like ten, thirteen thousand dollars without owning it, and that's when I realized. I thought I discovered it. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I thought I discovered it." I was, I, was, I, was like, I was like, "Oh, you could, you could do that." And I, I've been doing that ever since. I stopped flipping that day. <laughs> hey, that's funny, bro. But hey, but going back, going back, like to flipping, like so, you was in the military. So, what made you like even get into real estate and start flipping from the beginning, anyway? Man, it, it, it's actually a crazy story, bro. Um, I'm, I'm really, I, how would I say? You went on deployment before, bro? Yeah. Yep. You know, like, there's not, you know, it'd be the president. There's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, on, I was on that boat, basically. I went on a ship. Um, I was okay. stationed on a ship. And um, 
you know, when you when you're around everybody in, in that environment, you guys start talking a bunch of random stuff, right? So yep. we were talking a lot about music at the time, right? And we we're like, yo, I, um, I'm a huge Jay Z fan. I think Jay Z is the goat. Me too. Yeah, I think he's the goat. So I was like, yo. By the time we get off this boat, bro, I bet Jay-Z is going to drop a new song. And this is 2017, so Jay-Z hadn't dropped anything in years at this point. Hey, we was deployed at the same time. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> crazy. Uh. So I was like, yo, I bet he's going to drop a song the whole nine. And I didn't even know, right, because I'm on the ship. I don't have any service. So I get to Australia, and Jay-Z drops a song. Uh, he drops the album. He drops 444. Yeah. yeah. So I'm walking around Australia. And I'm, I'm in Sydney. I'm in Sydney, Australia. I'm walking around listening to the album. I'm just a huge fan. Everybody's out drinking. I'm listening to the album. Yo, I look up, and there's a Jay-Z's 444 Club is in Australia, bro. So oh, I'm like, bro, I'm mind blown right now. I'm like, yo, what the hell? So I go in there. I'm like, yo, y'all know he just dropped the album. right They're like, yeah, he was here last night. Ah, this is that in the third. So I'm like, damn, bro. Like, I don't know why that hit me so hard. Like, this, it was such a coincidence, bro. So I start Googling books that Jay-Z has read. Just <laughs> random enough, I'm like, books that Jay-Z has read. And it takes me to this Oprah interview. And um, it's like, I'm not, I wasn't passionate about real estate at all. It, it like, it almost happened like completely on accident. So I read this, uh, I read the book that he recommended. It's called The Celestine Prophecy. So anybody listening to it, if y'all haven't read it, an amazing book. It's a fiction book that basically talks about how Nothing in your life is a coincidence, right? Everything happens to push you closer towards your life purpose, mm. essentially, right? So every coincidence that you, you end up following on and acting upon pushes you closer to your life purpose. So I read that book and I was like, wow, like by this point, I'm back on the ship. I'm back on the ship. I'm, I'm reading this book. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like this, this wasn't a coincidence that I got this book. Mm. And so, so I'm, I'm reading it. Next book, I finished this book. Next book I read was a was some real estate book. I think it was Multifamily Millions or something like that. Um, but it was too much knowledge. It went over my head at the time. I, I still wasn't in the <laughs> position to receive that knowledge. So a couple of weeks later, I get to I get back to Australia. This time we was in a different part of Australia. We were in uh, Melbourne. So we get to Melbourne. And the day I get to Australia, the first person that calls me was my partner, Levi. I hadn't spoke to him in, in like a month since I'm changed because I was on a ship. The first thing, the first words that come out of his mouth were, yo, bro, we got to get started in real estate. So I was like, oh, bro, I'm all, I'm like, bro, I'm all in, bro. You don't understand why. I'm like, you don't understand why I'm all in yet, but I'm all in. You don't got to tell me what, like, I don't care how much we got to put up. Like, I'm, I'm with it. And um, we ended up paying for a real, real expensive uh, mentorship program, which looking back on it, I, I probably got bamboozled a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. But through that program, though, um, I was able to meet somebody who was a project manager out in Detroit. And that's how I was able to flip houses without having to be there. Um, I hired a project manager, I paid him off the, off the percentage of the flip. Um, that's how I was able to do it while I was still active duty. Okay. And this, man, that's, that's, that's deep. Because I, I could touch on a lot of things with that. And the first one is me being deployed myself, I know that feeling, like, wholeheartedly. Like, for those who don't know, when you deploy, like you said, it's really not anything to do. You just got time and work. And outside of work, you just, got, you just got time to really just think to yourself and think about stuff. So that was, like, really the start of my journey, too, bro. 2017, when I was deployed, I was just, like, strategizing, like, damn, when I get back home, I need to do something different. I need to do something. Let me save all this deployment money. Let me get, get home and get to it. But for the people that's not in the military, that could apply to their life too, because you need that point of that period in your life where you kind of got like to separate yourself and just come up with your ideas for a minute and sit on them. Like even if you're not deployed, not in the military, you could do that too, because it's extremely beneficial. That's a fact, bro. Get, getting in tune with your with your with your inner voice, essentially. Yep. Sometimes you just gotta get away from the noise to be able to hear it. Yep, man, that's some real shit, bro. That's that's I'm telling you, that's this man. It's crazy. That's the exact. That's like my story to a T. Besides me being on the ship, <laughs> besides me being on the ship, I was in the military and I was in Qatar for seven months, bro. I ain't, I ain't do shit, but Diana know I used to talk to her every night. Besides yep. going to work, going to work out and just coming up with shit like, man, I'm about to do this when I get back home. Let me save my bread. So, <laughs> so after so after you made your flip, first flips and all that, how much time? Did you have left? Was you like, did you know for sure, like, no, I'm getting out now? Or was it just like, we're going to see where this takes me? It, it's funny, bro. I, after I had already made the first investment into the, into the, once I had already put my money up for this mentorship program, bro, I was like, oh, bro, I have to be all in. I just put mad money up. 
And it's always like, whenever you finally find the thing that you want to do, it's almost like the, the universe tests you one more time to be like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And what happened there was, so I had about a year and a half left. And then I got offered, um, uh, I got offered a, a re-enlistment bonus of 100 and <laughs> That's how they do They try to give you, how much they try to give you? 160K, bro, up front. That's crazy. For a five-year contract. That's a good and at the moment. time, I hadn't made any. I hadn't made any money yet. As a matter of fact, I just spent some. So I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, that 160k sounded nice." That sounds and, good. And uh, I was really going back and forth about it, bro. But then I, I, I had to look. I'm like, "Yo, where do I want to be?" And does this decision align? This is does this align with my future? And I just, I was like, "Nah, it's, it's not." So I just, I made a decision from there. Like, "Yo, I, I'm gonna get out." I, I, I purposely burned my bridges and um. My my partner Levi ended up doing the same thing in his and he was already out of the military. He was working for AECOM, so like a Fortune 500 company, hmm. and he just stopped going. He's like, yo, I'm burning my bridges, bro. Even if I want to get a job back, I'm not gonna be able to because I, done, I fucked up so bad. Wow. I messed up so bad. I don't know if I can't. You good? Me. You good? No, you good, bro. You good? You good? But that's, <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's so crazy because that shows you. That's the definition of, of betting on yourself. Because I'm pretty sure 99 percent of the people, even if they want to do something, they already got that 160k. Uh, showed in their face, and they'd have been like, "Man," and I'm not saying that's a bad move. That's a good move too. You know, you got 160 thousand for five years. You still gonna, you still gonna end up well, but you knew you had something bigger that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, it was just, I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I know you know how that goes, bro. After yeah. being told what to do for so long, you're like, damn, when I get out, I'm out. Yeah, you feel, you feel, you feel, you feel it's a, it's a different kind of feeling you got. But I know people probably was like, man, you crazy. Take that money. I know people who was telling you that. It, it, it was funny. My the person who told me the most uh, was my was my mother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you, better, you better take that. You better realist. <laughs> But I feel like people don't realize, and it's not just with the military, but this is with life in general. The longer you wait to do something, when you know that's what you're really supposed to be doing, the harder it gets. Yep. So it's like, oh, like with the military, you know, if you don't get out to that first enlistment, odds are you might end up just staying in until you retire because it just gets harder and harder for you to leave. That's a fact. I mean, at that point, you do two enlistments, you're at eight, nine years already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Might as well go you're do that Halfway 10. through, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> halfway through. Right, so, so it's it's better to do those things when you're young and you could take those risks, you know, and you still got enough time to, you know, fall back and fix things when it comes. Man, that's a fact. That, that's a fact. And 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 I and I know that your your supervision probably was trying to dog you out and like, man, you gotta you gotta take that goddamn money. I already know I know how it is. I know how it is, bro. They be the worst. They be the worst. But speaking, so let's say, all right, so now you uh get out. And what was what was that first move like? How was that feeling knowing like, damn, I don't got a job no more. I'm out the military now. It's really all on me. Nah, so it was it was actually it was actually funny, bro, because my whole last year and some change in the military, I had already I did my first flip. My first flip, I made thirty five thousand off of it. Net netted thirty five thousand off of it. And that's when I realized, oh, like I could do this. This this is lit. And um my like, you know. I was active dude. I was an E5, so I was making what thirty five, forty thousand right. a year top at, at the at, at the top. So that's when I realized, damn, like, bet I could do this. So I hit that, I hit that check while I was still in, and I started, um, I started, I did a lot of flips after that because I, I realized I'm like, yo, I don't even gotta be there. I I just I got the project manager, so mm-hmm. I started raising a lot of capital because twenty k in Detroit, we could buy a whole house with twenty k in Detroit. Facts. <laughs> So I was just, I was raising capital here and there. I was having I had multiple flips going on at the same time, and um I was a I was a I know you was in the Air Force. So I was actually um I was helicopter mechanic in the Marine Corps. Mm. So that's a good. That's I a used good, to work. That's a good job. Know, there's night crew and day crew, right? So so I talked to my supervisor. I'm like, yo, can you guys put me on night crew? It, it, it aligns better with my schedule. So I would basically work all night. Um, you know, in, within, the, within the military and work all day within my business. Mm. I barely was getting any sleep. But it came to a point where I was making so much bread on the outside that I, I had to have a straight-up conversation with, like, my... my um, uh, he was a master sergeant at the time. I forgot what his, his title was. But he basically the, the big <laughs> homie, the big boss of the whole stuff, right? 
So um, they were like, yo, um, they're like, your work is slacking. You, you've been slacking at work. You've been this, you've been what's doing that. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? And I told them, I'm like, look, I'm at, well, at this point, mind you, I was driving a Porsche, bro. I was an E5 driving Ooh. a nice ass Porsche. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, D, that boy was late, D. Yeah. So, they, knew, they knew I was up. They, they knew, knew I was up. I was, yeah, so and, I told them. That was not my bad, but sorry to cut you off. But for the people that don't know, it was stuff that much about the military, but when you make a certain amount of money in the military, they will kick you out because it's like you they know you're not you're not probably more you you're more plausible to not listen to authority because you know what I'm saying you could eat your for your own. So I think it I could be wrong, but I think it's between like four hundred to five hundred thousand. Like if you make it that in a year outside the military, odds is they yeah. probably they'll kick you out. But yeah, yeah that <laughs> So I ended up having that convo with him. I was like, listen, like, I really, you know, I got respect, ton of respect for you. You know, you've been my since forever. I'm like, but if somebody told you to pay attention to the job that's paying you 35000 a year and the one that's paying you 35000 a month, like, which one are you going to pay attention to? I'm like, and I mean this by no disrespect. I'm like, I'm like, this, this is where all, this is where my mind has been. And um, they were actually going to try to route that package for me. The, it's called the Better Opportunities Discharge. Yep. Where um, they route it up, but they were like, "Yo, by the time this goes through, it's gonna be your EAS anyway." So they were like, "Yo, how about you just text in?" Like, he's like, "Yo, you could do as long as we know what you're doing, you could just text in. That way, we could avoid the politics or the paperwork." So my whole last year in the military, it was like I was already out. I was what? So, crazy. Yeah. What it, the- it's so it's it's so wild, bro, because. Um, nobody, like, there was a whole bunch of new Marines still coming, and whenever I did show up, they had no idea who I was. <laughs> no idea who I was. Wow. Bro, I've never heard of that, bro. Because I, I know about the, the, the when they'll they discharge you if you're making, like, a, a lot of money, they'll do that, but I never heard of a story like that. I never know nobody that actually did it. It's just something that you always hear about, like, if they make a lot of money, they're going to have to go. Yeah, it, it's funny because it's like, I would I would travel a lot still, right? I would text in. I wouldn't tell them I was traveling. But I would go to a lot of different cities to network, go to events everywhere, and people would be like, "What do you do?" Oh, I'm active duty. They're like, "What?" <laughs> I had oh. a be- I had a little- I had a light beard at the time, and they're like, "You, what do you mean you're active duty?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a marine," and nobody believed me. At all. like everybody was like, "Bro, nah, you are gonna have to show me." <laughs> like, no, yeah, I was. Crazy. Yeah, I was just outside. Wow. Yeah, so shout out to your leadership for like yeah. giving you the opportunity because most people in leadership <laughs> would not do that. Yeah, they, they, they would have been hating. They would most leadership would be hating on you, bro. They they are trying to do everything to stop that bag you got going on, try to give you 12, 14 hour shifts just so you can't do that no more. Yeah, now that's a fact. I'm grateful for them. I'll be hitting them up from time to time. I let them know that. <laughs> oh, for real, bro. That's that's love, man. So yo, so pretty much your last year, you was pretty much Let's just say out the military for real. You already had your shit set up, but when you came, when you got out, it was smooth ship selling shit. Yeah, it, it wasn't even like there was a difference, bro. That, 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 that's the funniest part. When people ask me, bro, when did you get out? I'm like, man, that's a tough question to answer because I got out out physically, <laughs> like uh, like early 2019, but mentally, <laughs> I've been out. Damn. Okay. So how long were you out before you realized, like, damn, I think wholesaling going to be a better option for me? Um, it, it was uh, it was as I was about to get out. Okay. It was as I was about to get out. Um, I had already done my first accidental wholesale. And I started really, I, I started going crazy with it. It was so, it was so crazy to me because the way I looked at it, like when I was doing a flip, and don't get me wrong, I still love flipping. It's just not, it's not my appetite personally. You know, I like sleeping at night. I don't like worrying about all the stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I know that's the type of person I am. I'm, I worry a lot. I think of what if this happens, what if that happens, what if this happens. So I ain't like doing it. So I started scaling. Um, when I started scaling the wholesale company, I literally had really no idea what I was doing. I just knew like, you know, I know how to find properties. I have a big network of buyers. Um, I want to I do this as a company. So I started like reaching out to people and I was basically joint venturing with people on their, on their uh, like wholesales, their right. flips and, and helping them get rid of it. Cause I had such strong buyers and um, it was crazy. So first month we hit about, it was like 70, 80,000. I was like, damn bro. Like we up bro. We, me and me and my partner split <laughs> everything. I'm like, bro, we up the next month. It was February. 
we hit, um, I think something similar, right? But I remember it like it was yesterday. We hit, we hit, we hit maybe seventy, eighty thousand somewhere around there. And then March comes. And this is why I remember it so perfectly. We hit nothing. <laughs> we, hit, we hit zero because we didn't really have any systems in process. And, and I remember, I remember it like it was like it was yesterday because you know when you got a certain amount of money coming in mm-hmm. and you're still spending like you got that money coming mm-hmm. in and it don't come in. Yep. And we were like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, like. And then that's when I realized, like, yo, at this point, it's like I'm, I'm gambling. Yeah. You know. And I had to, um, I had to be honest with myself, and I realized, like, damn, I'm not really the smartest when it comes to this. So I went out. Uh, I took a month, and I flew out to all the wholesalers in the biggest wholesalers in the game that I that I could hit. Up. I hit them up on Instagram, like, yo, if I pull up to your uh, to Arizona, can I come up to your office? Or if I pull up to Tampa, can I come to your office? And um, surprisingly, a lot of dudes were showing love. So I was like, I bet I just started going to everybody's office for a few weeks. And then um, I came with money in hand, too. I'm like, yo, I got 15K. Teach me teach me something. And there's a lot of people that were like, yo, I'm not even doing that right now. There's that in the third. And then I ended up flying out to Tampa to meet up with my – he's actually my boy now. We're real, we're real, real close. Uh, my boy, Rafael Vargas, um, he linked up with me for lunch. I ended up giving him, uh, like, five bands to attend his three-day event. I go to his event, and – it was fire. I was mind blown. Everything, he, scientists, right? Everything down to the T. This is how you do this. This is how you hire people. This is how you fire people. And I'm like, oh, nah, I need to breathe. I'm always a person. I like to be around the fire, you know? So I'm like, yo, do you have anything else other than this? He's like, yo, I got a mastermind, um, like a little like executive mastermind group, like 25K. And at this point, I still, I still had some money. So I was like, yo, bro, like, say less. Here, I'm with it. And it's crazy. Um, that was in Tampa. I flew. I fly back out to San Diego the week after I fly out. We closed the deal for twenty six thousand dollars. Got your money right back. <laughs> Literally <laughs> right back. Boom. Mm-hmm. And, and right, right back, bro. And then um, from there, bro, it, it, it was pretty. Everything was running um, pretty smooth after that. From there, I was able. Now that I knew what roles needed to be applied, um, I was able to build a team. Um, that's one of the things I'm actually most proud of, uh, proudest of, you know, I, I was able to build a really young team. Like uh, my acquisitions manager was like 19 years old when he started. My dispositions manager was 20. We had this dude from high school. He was like seven. He had just graduated high school. We put him on and um, it was dope. And I, right now I'm in, uh, I live in Tampa now. Okay. Already moved to Miami, but my whole team has followed me all the way from Cali. It came from Cali to New York to Tampa with me. Wow. All young young cats bro so i that, that's one of the things i'm most proud of honestly that that, that shows you the belief they have in, in you so mm-hmm. that's so that that's amazing right there but let me ask you this because you kind of spoke on it but the month where you hit nothing what do you think was the cause of that if you're not getting anything that month the the cause of it was i didn't have a specific action that i could do to get those deals i was depending on other people's actions I had a few people that I was like, yo, if you get a deal, I can help you move it. I have a big buyer's list down here. And they're like, yeah, bet. But I didn't know what they were doing to get these deals. Oh, I was okay. just, I, I was most, I, I was trying to be like a middleman to the middleman. Middle right. <laughs> <laughs> a middleman to, to the middleman. Yeah, I was trying to double middleman it. So then when, mm. when people hit me up, like, yo, I haven't got nothing. I haven't got nothing. I was like, damn, I'm too dependent on other people right now. And I don't like that. Mm, okay so then you pretty much took it into your own hands and became the the only middleman not looking for another middleman facts okay and and that's and that's and that's uh genius for real because we always talk about how important system is systems are are for a business you ain't got no systems it's gonna be hard to make money on a consistent basis 100 percent that's a fact, bro. <laughs> facts, facts. So, so now since you were uh, in, in ta- well, I'll just say this before that. So, what did it look like afterwards? When, as soon as you started implementing systems in your business, it was dope because it was. Um, I had a lot of people. I had a lot of hungry people around me. Um, I had a lot of people who had just got out of the military that I was close with, had strong work ethics, and um, I didn't know that I had a role for them until mm-hmm. I had went here. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know. A lot of the things, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know? So once I knew what the places in the business look like, like, oh, this person, you need, like, for acquisitions, for example, right? The person who gets on the phone locks up these deals. Oh, I need a talker for that. Oh, uh, this position. Oh, okay, I need, a, I need more of a 
head-on person for that. I looked at the people around me and I was able to be like, yo, bro, you'd be good at this. Bro, you'd be good at that. Bro, you'd be good at this. And um, so that, that's what it looked like from the, uh, when, as soon as that happened. I started going around and seeing the people I had around me and seeing what key factors they could play within the business, within the business itself. And um, from there, um, we started off actually uh, wholesaling in Inland Empire, California. Um, which is low key the middle of nowhere, actually. Yeah, I never heard of that. So I, we started we started wholesaling there. I had this big buyer um, that reached out to me and was like, "Hey, if you have any deals here, I'll buy all of them." So I was like, "Okay, cool." So we started marketing over there. Um, we started doing a lot of SMS marketing, like we'd send text messages. Text like messages. we we send about five hundred text messages a day. So we were really we had the team. Uh, the manpower and the money to keep up with that marketing and we were just just blasting text messages that was our main um that was our main marketing channel at the time and uh said and done i got this deal over there um same buyer bought it i still sell him most of my deals to this day in that in that market specifically wow all right so let me let me ask you this what do you what method do you think is uh better because nowadays i see people talk about cold calling versus sms like in your opinion what do you what, what, what do you prefer to do I think everybody, I think different things work different, uh, work better in different markets. Right. But I feel like that regardless of what your market is, you should know how to cold call. Because if I'm texting most, more times than not, right? Nine out of 10 times, you're not going to sell somebody a house over the phone, over text, right? right. You're going to want to get on the phone with me eventually. And if I'm really good on text and then I'm a weirdo, when you get, when you pick up the phone, that you might not want to sell me your house no more. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. If I'm really awkward when I'm on the phone with you, you're gonna be like, I don't know about this guy anymore. If I'm so confident <laughs> on the phone, if I'm the sound like I'm sleeping on the phone, you're not gonna want to tell me a house. So I tell people, regardless of what marketing channel you want to do, like even if you want to do Facebook ads, you need to cold call because eventually you're gonna have to be on the phone with somebody. That's a and, fact. And you gotta learn how to overcome those hurdles with cold leads instead of overcoming them with warm leads. Because at that point, you're just messing up your bag, trying to trying to figure it out with a warm lead. When you could have been figuring it out with these random people, they're like, hey, I don't know who the hell this is, right? <laughs> building that tough skin. So I say cold calling is king, cold. in my opinion. Mm, I, I, I like that, man. And so for the people, because I know we talk to people all the time, like that want to get in wholesaling or they are involved in wholesaling. But it's like, they be like, man, I hate cold calling, man. I just, I just hate it. I don't know what it is. I just hate doing it. What, should, what do you, the best piece of advice you have for those people? Man, you know it's funny. I get those messages all the time. I bet. I already know. I already <laughs> I know, bro. All the time. <laughs> Honestly, man, the best thing is to just do it. No, nope. just do it. Honestly, because hey, look, if you don't want to do it, if you make a few checks here and there, um, down the line, and you don't want to do it anymore, amazing. Hire a virtual assistant to do it. But I feel like you still need to know how to do it. Right. You need to know how many how many calls you can make in a day. You need to know how much talk time you can get in a day. That way you don't you know your virtual assistants aren't over here slacking. Yes, right. Because if you know how to do it, you've done the task, you know how you know that they can do it as well. Right. But if you're just gonna go straight into hiring a virtual assistant, now they could be like, Hey, I, I only did these many calls, I did this, I did that. So I say like, if you really, really don't like it. Close, close a deal so you can put some money back into your business and hire some talent. <laughs> but in order to do that, you're going to have to cold call have anyway. To cold call anyway. So either way, yeah. either way it go, basically, you're going to have to get over and just do it. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I believe that too. So let, but you, you, and you also spoke on like hiring. And I want to ask you, I know that's another problem that a lot of like business owners, especially new business owners, they, they have a problem with like knowing how to hire the right people. So in your, in your opinion, like, what do you think is the best method to doing that? Making sure you got the right people in the right positions. Um, I, I'm very big into, I learned something. I learned the whole personality type thing when I was, uh, when mm. I was, uh, young, I think I was like 20 years old. And I don't know why I remember it for the rest of my life now. <laughs> but it was random as hell. Um, you know, like the whole disc assessment and all of that. I'm trying to you ever heard of it? The disc assessment. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have. I probably just don't remember it. Yeah, so I didn't learn it as disc. I learned it as something else. But it, all the person, there's always going to be personality types. Right there, it's right. it always mentions the same personality type. Some people just call it different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the way I learned it is, 
I learned um I learned it through sea animals for some reason. That's how the dude that taught it taught it. <laughs> well, yeah. <I> <laughs> so, so, so so it's a chart, for example, and it just talks about um, you know, what personality type is more dominant in that person, right? So they say, for example, a shark is a person who's direct, dominant. They just want to be, they, yo, this is what it is, right? So you got shark, you got dolphins. Dolphins more like me. You know, I show love. I'm a very social person. I, I'm outgoing. I could talk all day. Um, you got whales. Whales are like really loving, caring people. You know, they want to give back, donate to charity, spend time with their family. And then you got sea urchins, right? Where they're like, yo, now nah, I need to know what the numbers are. They're very detailed. They can spend like time behind a computer, the whole nine. So I use that assessment to figure out well, what's the kind of person I'm talking to, right? Um, because if I have, for example, acquisitions where somebody needs to be on the phone all day and I need somebody's outgoing, uh, outgoing person, I need a dolphin, you know? And if I put a sea urchin in that role, he's going to get burnt out because he's not getting results. And right. I'm going to get burnt out because I'm not going to like the results he gets. And ultimately, so I, I use that as a big factor. And um, I also, I'm very out there with my core values for my company. You know, I believe the more you put it out there, um, it, it helps you almost see it on paper. Like I need right. people who take initiative, who are self-driven. Um, and I feel like that helps me a lot. Like, and the personality type thing, I really, really do those decisions a lot. Like I could tell you, for example, you're more like of a shark sea urchin. Like you straight up, but you also want to know what's going on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. I'm, I'm, stra- I'm straightforward, straight direct with everything. So yes. yeah. <laughs> She's awesome, yes. And uh, so let let me. Uh, I had another question I wanted to ask you, but this is going back into uh flipping because this is a yeah. very. I think this is very like important because we do a lot of like buying out of state, but we haven't done flipping it out of state. And people always ask us like, "Damn, so what's that like? You in California? You buying properties here? That got to be difficult. That kind of that's kind of scary." And I'll be like, "It's not actually." But on the flipping side. I feel like it would be, it's like, just think, cause I never done a flip out of state. It feel like it would be much more like uh of a headache. Cause there's so much, so many dynamics you got to worry about on the flipper aspect. So for the people that's hearing this, that's thinking about flipping from out of state, is it something that's annoying as hell? Basically is what I'm asking. <laughs> I had a, re- I, I'm not going to lie. I had a really, really bad experience flipping. There was one, I had a lot of good successful flips, bro. I okay. had a good, I had about 14, 14 good ones, bro. That's, that's a lot, ones. though. And then I had one bad one, bro, that ruined all the good ones for me, and I'm okay. probably never going to flip out the state. <laughs> oh, man. So, so let's, talk, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. Why, why was it so bad? Um, I feel like sometimes, I feel like sometimes when, when something's out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. right, um, you, you could almost get a little too complacent. So I think that was my problem. I got so, I got hands off to the point that it was complacency because I was like, yo, I got my project manager handling it. And I, th- I thought it was somebody that I, I, I could trust. Right. right. We, we done, we done made a lot of money together. Um, flipping. Right. Yeah. We don't make some money of the project management fees, wholesaling together. So, so I'm like, I, somebody I could trust. Um, but then what eventually happened, I guess, I guess my biggest thing is you can do it, but you need to have trust for people. Right. But you got to verify as well. I'm sure you heard that before. Trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. <laughs> That's the that's the biggest thing. I was just I wasn't doing the second part. I was just I was just trusting. Um, and then we were behind on timelines. Um, work wasn't getting done the right way. Um, and it came to the point where we put it on the market, and the house was not selling. It was not selling. It was priced right. It was priced right for the neighborhood. It, 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 I put it up in a, it was in the Boston Edison district. Yeah, that's uh, nice. Detroit. That's a nice area. Bro, nice. Bro, the house was nice. I'm like, bro, it's not selling. This is so weird. Um, so I didn't even tell anybody anything. I didn't tell my project manager. I didn't tell the contractor. I didn't tell them I was going to Detroit. I randomly took a random trip to Detroit. I go inside the house. And I'm like, damn, I can see why it's not selling. On the pictures, everything looked amazing. But when you saw it in person, a lot of the details were off. A lot of the details were off. Um, the, the like trimmings were messed up. And it's such a, it was such a, a 3,800-square-foot um, home. So all those little details add up and you can't afford, you know, when you're at the top of the market like that, because Boston Edison in Detroit, that's the top of the market. You can't afford to have uh, things that don't look good. 
because you're competing with other houses that are at the top of the market. Yep. And that's why I wasn't selling. So um, I, I ended up firing everybody, brought a new set of contractors in. And they were like, yo, bro, it's going to be like another 40 grand to fix everything. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm just going to have to take my L on this one. I'm not going to last my first. That was my first loss I ever took in real estate. Um, I ended up beating the property back to the lender. I did a beat in lieu. I uh, ended up getting it back. I didn't want to keep it. I didn't want to refinance it. Um, I just cut my ties with it. Cut your ties. But that's important, yeah. though, because, like, it's because it, everybody going to have L's, and it's important to know when to cut your cut those ties because a lot of times when the L is bad, people will say, well, I've been having it this long. I might as well just stick with it and stick with it. But that's smart on your part to know, like, nah, this is – I'm going to cut it right here before it even gets much worse. Yeah, I had a carrying cost on it too. I had a hard money loan on it, so mm, I was paying about two right. grand a month. It's a whole, it's a whole another mortgage. Mm. <laughs> so, so let, another question I got is, what do you think about hard money loans as as in general? Because that, that's a topic. That's another subject. But you always hear like mixed reviews, mixed opinions on. I think that um, I think that it's an amazing way to start. Um, I think it's an amazing way to start. I don't think that's where you should want to stay using hard right. money loans, right? Um, but in my situation, when I started, it was I thought it was really dope because I was flipping a house that was fifty thousand dollars. I had to come in ten percent down, five k to flip this whole house. Yeah, right. no, no problem. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and even that I wasn't even really using a lot of my money. Um, you know, I was raising capital. I'd give people you know ten percent return on their money in six months, and so I think hard money is a great route if um, if you're really, like, starting off, if you really just don't have the connects like that. Right. And you got a strategy. Yeah, and, but eventually, you know, you, you have somebody that lends you 20 grand on a hard mm-hmm. money loan, you're good, right? That person sees their money back. That's going to be somebody who might lend you the whole 70 one day, and mm-hmm. then you don't need the hard money loan any day mm-hmm. anymore. That's a good, hey, that's a good point, bro. That's a good point. Do you want to say something? You like you want to say something? Yeah. So, so oh, no. <laughs> I was gonna ask you. Uh, so you're in four different markets. So how difficult was it for you to take your operation and go to each of these markets and get started? Like, was there factors mm. that made it, you know, difficult for you to do this, or did you have to change certain things for the market? Yeah. So I only um I wholesaled in a lot of different markets, um, but flipping I only flipped in Detroit. I had only flipped in Detroit. I'd never done a flip anywhere else. Um, as far as when I did the, uh, when I, when I moved in, I, I recommend people don't get into that many markets. Honestly, I recommend people go deeper into their markets that they're already successful in. There's, there's ways to get deeper into your market instead of going wider into different markets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like add an extra marketing source or something like that. Um, but when I started, it was when I started like expanding, the first place I expanded to was Las Vegas. Um, I only did two deals in Vegas. Um, I did a deal in Orlando. I did a deal in Buffalo, New York, and um, I'm 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 wholesaling in Tampa now. And I thought it was really like I thought that's what you had to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, get, you get you get enough money, you open up a brand new market, right? And um, I looking back on it, I feel like if I had just put all that money back into the Inland Empire market where my deals were had, it was Cali, so it had bigger spreads anyway. Right. I would have made way more money instead of trying to spend a whole bunch of money in Vegas, only do two deals. They were like 20 K pop when I could have done more in California with that same money. Um, but it, it wasn't hard with the same processes. It was just learning about what kind of marketing is going to pick up traction over there better. Right. Like Vegas, for example, I didn't have very good luck with, with a text message blast because mm-hmm. uh, since it's a heavily densely uh, populated area with tourists, um, the carriers are more on point with what messages they let through, you know, for, mm. because of spam and stuff. So I ended up having to do uh, more internet marketing over there. I had to do PPC in Vegas, you know. So it's picking up on little things like that. But my advice to people, honestly, is if you got a good market, figure out how you can go deeper into your market, not wider into other ones. Mm, that's major right there. And what do you say to people? Because we know wholesaling is, is is hot right now. It's been hot for a minute, and it's a lot of people making a lot of money. But it's a lot of people that's getting these checks, and they not like reinvesting. They not actually buying any property so they could keep making money. They just getting these checks, and just you know what I'm saying. You know how it is when you first start making money. It's just like oh, I'm gonna always make this much money. You just start balling out, but then when, you never know when droughts could come. 
And then you ain't got those hoes on the checks. You ain't been buying no properties or making no investments. You ain't got no consistent money coming in. It's like, damn. And now you smarten up. But for the people that could prevent that, what would your what, what, what would your worry be to them? And the way I look at it is if you know, you know, if you, if you, because most people start, start off like that, right? They, right. most people realize pretty quick, right? <laughs> but my thing is, um, I think that co- it, it becomes, in my opinion, people not reinvesting. Of course, some people really just want to go out there and spend some money. <laughs> but I think for most people, it's really a self-belief issue. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Wait, believe, what do you mean by that? So what I mean is that I feel like, some people get 50k and they're like, damn, I'm not gonna spend 40 of this in the back in the business because whatever I can't do it again. They might not say that out loud, but I feel like at, at the deeper subconscious level, that's what it is. It's a self-belief issue. Because uh, a person like you, right, that has a high self-belief, you get you get money and you invest it because you know what you're doing. Because we, you know what you're doing well enough that it's a process for you. It's not like throwing darts at a board. So exactly. you have no problem doing it. But most people, it's a self-belief issue because they're like, damn, like, I could hold on to this 50 grand and, and live off of it for a little bit. Or I could reinvest it and not have that much. And they choose to not reinvest it because they didn't think they could do it again. Mm, that's what I that's think. Deep. A lot of people. That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> no, that's deep. I think, I think you're right, bro. And I never, I don't know if I ever really looked at it from that angle. But that's that's real though. I think on a deeper level, people are not that confident in themselves to 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 re, to duplicate it. It's like they probably feel like, man, I got a little lucky doing this. Will this happen again? Yeah, bro. And <laughs> I, I was I did that. I was there at one point. I'm not gonna lie. Like Every, was, I think everybody been through that. Yeah, and I look, looking back on it and reflecting on my on my experience is what what made me come to that realization that for most people, it's not really that they don't want to reinvest. It's that they don't believe that they could do it again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. That self doubt holds you back every time. Fact, that's a fact. So um, during we know twenty 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 has been a wild year, especially with uh, COVID. A lot of people have been quarantined and all that. How has business been for you throughout this? Is it is it still been been good, or has has it been droughts as far as the wholesaling part? So right right when um right when everything hit, business was booming. Like I was like, damn, we need a we need a pandemic more often. <laughs> it, it it started booming straight off the rip. I actually closed my biggest deal ever in March. Wow. I closed I closed three of my biggest deals back to back to back in wow. March. The midst of the pandemic, I was like, damn, this is lit. Um, my my biggest deal was seventy thousand off a of wholesale. So that was the and first how, one. And how long did it take you? It, we, it took 21 days to close. <laughs> Three weeks, that, that, 70 bands. That's a, hell of, that's a hell of a deal right that there. Was, that was a nice one. That was a nice one. And then um, at that time, I had wholesaled another property in San Diego. We made 40 off of that one. And then I sold my personal residence. Um, I had bought a house out there in Cali, in Oceanside. I sold it. We sold it. Um, it's crazy. It was like the house was whatever for me, bro. And we, we did a little bit of nice little cosmetic repairs. It sold at the highest any property has ever sold in that area. Like, y'all could go, y'all could go to 3929 Scott Drive, bro. It sold the highest property in the area. We made about 60 bands off of it. Um, we didn't do anything to it, bro. I just lived there. Only thing I did, I literally bought like $500 worth of like random mulch, put it in the front, boom, made it look pretty, and gone. So we, all that happened in March. So now it's crazy. Yeah, we had a lot of money we were sitting on liquid now, and um, you know, back to the whole self belief thing. Where I'm like, yo, we gotta, we gotta reinvest this ASAP. So we, um, it, it, it was a mental. I had a, I had a mental kind of uh, fuck up at the time too, because uh, my mentor, the person who taught me how to wholesale, he quit wholesaling at that time. Mm. Literally, literally, uh, I had just moved to Tampa. We was we started doing business together. And he quit wholesaling, so that kind of mentally kind of messed me up. And um, so we had just moved there. So after March, April was a little bit slow. April was a little bit slow with the wholesaling. Um, May we picked it back up, but we decided. Um, I was talking to a lot of people in different markets. Honestly, there was very few people who were still making a lot of money actually wholesaling. Mm. Like all the guys that were like you know six figure months. Um, they were like, yeah, I still wholesale, but I'm mostly actually flipping this one or I'm wholesaling this one or I'm, I'm just putting this one back on the market. 
So I realized, like, damn, there's not a lot of people just strictly wholesaling anymore. Right. Um, so I structured my business at that point, and, and this is where we're at right now with the business. Um, I structured the business more where I was able to very light marketing, very light marketing. I, I basically trimmed the fat, right? right. Very light marketing. Um, one or two acquisitions, guys, that, you know, take turns. And the dispo company. So I had a dispositions company where obviously we were dispoing our own deals. But again, going back to the whole how I started, but except now I was doing it with experience instead of winging it, we dispo other people's deals now. So we help other people get rid of their deals. Um, but we actually have marketing set up for it to find people who have deals. And we've been able to close deals like that. Um, we got like 30 deals in escrow right now. Um, I'll be honest, though, I'll be honest, I'm going to keep it a stack. Only 50% of them are probably going to go through. Mm. That's still good. That's still good, though. That's still good. See, I ain't going to be here like, yeah, bro, we're closing 30 deals. Nah, we're not closing 30 <laughs> deals. Only half of them probably going to go through. I'm going to be honest with you. But that's money. That That's a deal that I'm going to close using my network, not my marketing dollars. You know what I'm saying? That's a bar, bro. The, so. <laughs> that's a bar and that, that's real e, like even if you don't close all 30 closing 15 is still that's a that's still a, that's a good amount right there yeah and then since since that makes it a lot more hands off um i've been able to you know i've been i've been doing what you're supposed to do as an entrepreneur you know experimenting with things seeing yep. what works what doesn't um i've been able to invest in other businesses and um in other 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 investments i, I just really want to uh, I want everything to be passive for me now. Oh, no, that's 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 the goal, man. Are you are you buying in Florida since you since you down there now? You know, I'm actually I actually I'm not buying. Um, I actually sold most of my rentals. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I, I had sold most of my rentals just because I had two. I had one in Detroit. Had a rental in Detroit. It was making me good bread. I had two in Ohio and two in Baltimore. Okay. Um, and. I don't know why, bro, but at the time, everybody that I was around was like 10, 15 steps ahead of me. And, you know, that's my, that's my thing. I like chilling around people who are way, way ahead of me. Right. Because you've probably been through what I've been yep. through already, you know? And um, most of these guys were selling their properties. They were like liquidating their portfolios. And I'm talking about guys who had 200, 300 rental properties, you know? And um, they were telling me like, yo, I think there's going to be better buying opportunities later down the line. Um, just cause the whole forbearance thing, people right. not being able to pay their rent, the whole nine. He's like, there's gonna be better our, our buying opportunities twelve to eighteen months from now, and I want to be liquid for when that time comes. Mm. I was like, you know what, that makes sense. So I ended up selling my properties too. <laughs> 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 I, I, I knew I needed to replace that income. Right. Um. So Raphael, um, I don't know if you know Rafa. I I I, I fuck with him heavy, bro. He's I, I give him a lot of. I, I show him a lot of love because he he's the type of person that he'll call me and he'll be like, yo, bro, you got money liquid right now? We got to do this, bro. We got to do this together. And um, at, the, at that time, he had quit wholesaling. He he had a meeting. Mind you, this is when, like, things were still crazy with the whole COVID-19 thing. Um, he goes, yo, bro, come to the come to the office. <laughs> and I go, so we're in the office in this little meeting room, boardroom, and we're just putting stuff up on the board. Like, what's recession proof? <laughs> what's, rece what, what's recession proof like what, what is he gonna do he was doing the amazon automation at the time so i bought an amazon store from him and then i invested um a few nice little amount into his he started a forex hedge fund mm. at the time so both of the things were passive so i was like i'm in both of them I, I just had one of the biggest months I ever had. Of course, I was going to invest it. Right. And, bro, if I showed you the results for the hedge fund, bro, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I have, I, oh, look at this. Hold on. I got it, bro. Yeah, that's that's crazy because, uh, like, I don't know Raphael, but I, I've heard about him a lot. And from the stuff I've heard, I only heard good things about him. It's crazy. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it with the lighting. But I, it, it's crazy because this is one of the most successful passive investments I've ever made. So you see right here, we started with 343K. First month, we were up 75%. Man. So we but Man. then, hold up. So July, this is July now. We ended up having a million $26,000 for that account, bro. Three and for the for the people that's listening to this, y'all can't see us, but it ain't. He's showing us. He's he he's straight showing us the proof. That was definitely a a, a million. What was that a million twenty six thousand? 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, man. I got to. I know a lot of people be a lot of people you know, be talking. So I, I got to show the receipts yeah, sometimes. Yeah, he, he just showed the receipts, y'all. He definitely just showed the receipts. You know, a lot, like you said, a lot of people, they do be, uh, as they say, they do be capping. But, no, nah, like you, you just definitely showed the receipts. And that's real. And that's passive. That's, that's what's so dope about that. Bro, that's a, that's it, it. It was crazy, bro. I felt like I was cheating or something, bro. Every time I was locked in, I saw it getting bigger and bigger. And <laughs> I was like, yo, this feel like a like a game. Hey, hey, that's, that's a fact, though. The one thing about passive income, it does feel like you cheat. It does feel like you getting over on people. It's like, man, because I ain't did shit. Like, how am I? You know, what I'm saying, I'm still, getting, <laughs> I'm still getting, all, yeah, I'm still getting all this money. And I literally haven't did nothing. Like I know, like uh, me and Deanna, we invest in Tesla, and every day for the past couple of weeks, we've been waking up just hella money every day. Boom! As soon as the market jump off, boom! So it was like, damn, this for like, <laughs> this for like, we f- f- finesse the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's the that's the, it's, it's crazy. So I definitely, I definitely know what you mean. But that's and that that also shows like that you a true entrepreneur because so many people like right like say if they in one industry they'll stay in that lane and if it's like the lane is sinking it's like they won't jump off afraid to jump into other lanes but a true entrepreneur they know how to adapt and go into different fields that they're not in even if it's passively that's the dope part about saving money is you could get into so many things just because you got the money so you could be a part of stuff now as a fact everybody always want to talk about like staying in their lane doing this but I, I look at it like you could do things with time or money, right? And I'm, there's not a lot of things I want to do with my time anymore. <laughs> if I can have my money work for me, then that's amazing. And, and just being versatile, like you said, bro, I, yeah. I have such an open yeah. mind that if anything makes, bro, if, if you hit me up, like, yo, bro, we can make a million dollars selling these hot dogs right now in Baltimore. I'd be like, oh, I guess we're going to Baltimore and starting these hot dogs. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, if it makes sense to me, I'm with it. No, facts. Facts. And that's that's the that's the uh I think that's the proof of a real like entrepreneur, real business person right there. Because it's yeah, like they say, if it if it makes dollars, it makes sense. You in business like you make money at the end of the day. You a Drake fan? Yeah, I like I like Drake. I like Drake a lot. And that's one thing, like I I be watching a lot of interviews. They don't like yeah, it, it's not always a, it's not always an entrepreneur interview, you know. Sometimes me too. I watch random stuff, a general speaking, random. Me too, things. me too, bro. <laughs> me too. And, we uh, we we birthday. Uh, April thirteenth. Okay, okay. I was just I'm like, man, you you got a lot of you got a lot of similarities. Seem like a Leo. Yeah, that's what I'm like, man. He got, <laughs> he got a lot of similarities with me, but yeah, I'll be I'll be doing the same shit. But yeah, go go ahead. Not one of the things Drake. There was an interview where he was like, yo, when I started doing the R&B thing, people were like, oh, but you're not an R&B singer. He goes, bro, I'm an artist. Mm, I'm whatever I want to do at the time. Fact. And I'm like, bro, that's a bar right there, bro, because that's a fact. Who, who are we to tell him, nah, bro, you got to rap? <laughs> nah, he over, here, he over here going on with accents now, bro, and people mm, still listen to it, bro. Listen. And you, you, what's, you know what's so crazy about that is it shows you why he's had the longest run in hip-hop history. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, part of that where he's versatile, he's doing something. Like, no no other rapper, even though I'm the biggest Jay-Z fan, I think he's the GOAT. Jay-Z, Drake's been at the top of the top for consistently for, like, obviously Jay-Z's been at the uncontested. top. Uncontested. Uncontested, bro. It's never, it, it hasn't been heard of, for real. And it's still going. And I think a part of that, like, I was watching the interview, and 50 Cent was talking about it. He said a part of that is Drake does the R&B thing. He does the rapping thing. You know what I'm saying? He'll go in different lanes, and he makes it work for him. So, like, people more prone to fuck with you when you just not stuck in that one part, especially on the music side. So, that's that's a fact, yeah. bro. That's a fact. That's real. That's real. And you you Like, in business, you got you to gotta be like that, though. You just can't be, like, so stuck on what you're doing. That's all you see. Because, as we know, industries, especially with technology, industry, industries can change overnight. And if you're not willing to be like, all right, what what's next after this? You, gonna, you know what I'm saying? They're going to work long term. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, bro. You know, you know what it is. Sometimes, sometimes, like you know, when we start off, everybody has a goal, right? We yep. have a purpose that we want to accomplish. But sometimes, some pe- there's some people out there who get so caught up into accomplishing it, uh, they they get so caught up into how they're accomplishing it that they end up not accomplishing it. And this is what I mean by that. Like, mm. I have um uh, my partner. He's my best friend, uh, Levi. He's vegan, right? His purpose for going vegan was. He wanted to live a healthier life. He wanted to live a healthy lifestyle. He wanted to be a healthy person, body the temple kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. So we go to Ecuador 
right? Third world country. There was no vegan food out there, bro. Nothing. So he just didn't eat for three days. That's not healthy. No, it ain't. <laughs> That's not healthy. So overall, mm-hmm. you got so caught up into how healthy you wanted to be that you ended up not being healthy. Being healthy. Damn. That's a bar, bro, because that's deep right there. I hope that ain't going on people's heads. That's a bar. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that with business, bro. Some people yeah. are like, yo, I'm so... I, I mean, if the goal was to be a millionaire, right? I'm like, I'm getting it whatever way it's going to come, all right? But if if I'm too caught up in this one thing that's not working, I'm going to end up not even accomplishing that goal because I'm too caught up in how I'm getting there. Mm. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you speak it's a real shit, bro. That's a that's that's a bar for real. Cause I know it's people that go through that a lot. Like you say, it's like and then you know it's another aspect of it is where people don't want like you already have people that didn't believe in you. So you will you be so thirsty. I don't wanna say thirsty, but you be so hell bent on proving them wrong. So you feel like you giving you up on it. something. <laughs> yeah, switching the lane. I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going, because I don't want them saying I told you so. But it's like like you said, if you have a goal. It's all on getting to that goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it don't matter as long as you, as long as you're not doing anything like some bullshit for the and scamming people. But if you get that goal in the, in the right way, that's what matters at the end of the day. Thanks. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the I, another thing I want to touch on before before we uh let you go was your podcast. You have a podcast as well that you uh, launched recently. So just touch on that. Yeah, bro. So, I, you know, I got a podcast. We actually got to get you on. We got to we gotta schedule that it. one, man. Let's do it. But it's called A, a Better Way, uh, A Better Way with Jay Monopoly. Um, and the whole premise of it, right? I wanted to, uh, one of the things that I do good is I surround myself by experts, mm. you know? Um, I got an expert for anything, you know? <laughs> like I, I try to have an expert for everything. So if I have a question, I can ask them. Um, and I wanted to give back to people. And have those same experts, you know, give back to other people. So I've had, it's just to show people there's always a better way, no matter what you're going through. You know, I've done interviewed, um, it's funny, I'm actually about to go link up with him right now. Uh, Edgar Berlanga, he's a a boxer. He actually just, uh, he beat Mike Tyson's records for most first round knockouts. Damn. Um, So, you know, obviously he's living life in a better way, you know. (laughs) Let's see how he he got there, you know. Raphael, right, big investor. Yep. You know, interview him, see how he got there. You know, uh, people who manage artists, things like that. Just mm-hmm. anybody of value who's living their life on their own terms, who found a better way than what everybody wanted them to do. And that's that's the whole premise of it. I, man, I love that, bro. So for those who listening, listening, definitely go tap in and check that out. Like I, I love hearing stuff like that. Do you want to? Do you like you want to say something? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, before we before we wrap up, did you have anything else you want to go over that we didn't get a chance to go over? Nah, I'm good, bro. I think we touched <laughs> on a lot, bro. <laughs> well, we did, man. This is this was uh this was jam-packed for real. I know the people gonna they're gonna they gonna love this. This was a super, super dope episode. But before we let you go, do you mind then just plugging all your stuff where people could find you, follow you, everything? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the podcast A Better Way with Jay Monopoly. Um, I got a YouTube. It's not it's not hitting what it's supposed to be right now. But same it's thing. About to, it's about to. <laughs> a better way with Jay Monopoly and uh, Instagram uh, J A Y dot Monopoly. Cool, cool. And for the people who uh, don't know, you can follow, find me and follow me on Instagram, social me- media at Xavier. I mean, Instagram and Twitter. I said Instagram and social media. I'm tripping. <laughs> I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at, at M. Mindsets Pod. And D, what's your info? And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Deanna Kent or Deanna S. Kent. And follow, be sure to follow Park Hill Capital and see what new things we got coming for y'all. Definitely, definitely. And that's all we have for you guys. Appreciate y'all for tuning to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Turn me up some. 
gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later in the conversation. We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. And sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that sh- that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag to your bank account. Need and the counter.